Greetings, everyone, and welcome to a brand new episode of Shellheads, a TMNT podcast. I'm your host, Jeff, and with me, as always, is the Spaniard who doesn't like to wear a lanyard, Sergio Lugo. <laughs> I love lanyards. No, I don't like lanyards. Hi, I'm Sergio, your other host. What's what's up, y'all? What it do, everybody? I say that like they're going to answer. They might. Yeah, well, good point. Good point. Uh, we have a lot to talk about this episode, Jeff. It is. It is. It is packed. It is. It is. A, it is a beefy baby. Yeah. Usually, usually we we have you know you know a little 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 jaunt, jaunty little uh, conversation before we get into news. And uh, I'm not going to say that we're not having that, but it's definitely going to be truncated. Yeah. Uh, what did I get in the mail this week that was Ninja Turtle? Uh, I, I got two. Of the Loot Crate exclusives from uh, the first wave, I got the Shell Shock Turtle. Oh. Yeah, yeah, from the arcade line. Uh, and I also got the the the, 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 shred, the Mirage Shredder one that had, like, the, the fancy paint job on it. And those are the ones that were um, already sold out, right? Yes, yes, yes. Those, those are the ones from the original Loot Crate boxes. And now, now all I'm missing is uh, the, the the spirit of Splinter, which apparently is a $300 figure, uh, and the Bebop and Rocksteady um, bunny figures. Yeah. Which also is like a $200 set, $250 set of figures. So we'll see if and when that happens. It's it's a little ridiculous. Um. Yeah, but it, I, I get it. Yeah. The whole supply and demand uh, thing, which was crazy way back in the day, but we didn't have eBay, so yeah, you you would eventually have to wait what you know two, three, four weeks for supplies to come, you know, stock to come back in. Yeah, yeah. With this, it ain't happening. There's no more restocks. No more restocks. Which is dumb. Eh. Again, I get it. I get it, and we'll and we'll get into why I get it later. Yeah. In the actual show, it's it's a bummer. It's a huge bummer. Yeah. But yeah, that 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 does it for my for my update. I have no uh, mail packages this week, so apparently <laughs> apparently the post office lo- and and whatever delivery service you get loves you, but they don't like me, and I'm. Pretty livid about it, but well, I'm still waiting on some other stuff. So it's it's not like everything came in on time. Just those two. Yeah. So we're gonna throw to news. Your throat to news. And now time for the news. Fantastic, fantastic throw. We have a lot of news to talk about, Jeff. It's like. The dams just exploded everywhere. And I think we yeah. talked about this last time. Like it was a, it was a, you know, it was a dry well, a bit. And then it was like, oh well, there's not. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, will you like stuff? I was like, yeah, I, well, yeah, I like stuff. Well, guess what? Here's a whole <laughs> bunch of it. It's a whole bunch of stuff. Absolutely. Some of it, some of it confirmed. Some of it not confirmed. Is like. Was Toy Fair like when was Toy Fair this year? I think that might be where it all came from. I don't know. 
none of the articles I read were tagged with Toy Fair or anything. So I don't know. Uh, Jeff, you, did you want to jump into it? No, it looks like Toy Fair is in May this year. Hmm, okay. Uh, Jeff, what's our first news topic? Well, uh, the first topic is uh, new NECA figures, and they have partnered with Loot Crate once again. <laughs> I think NECA owns a Loot Crate. That's quite possible. That's something that can be Googled, right? Yeah. Yes. As of 2019, a collectible company NECA acquires Loot Crate. There you go. So yeah, yeah, we have a we have a brand new set of of loot crates coming, um, and th- they announced a whole bunch of exclusive loot crate figures. Um, do we, you you want to go through those real quick? Yeah, yeah. So um, so the big tent pole, the first one is is from their the the the, the movie line, which has, is is a very popular line uh, that right now is exclusive to Walmart's uh, outside of the loot crate exclusive stuff. Now, this one is Danny. Really didn't see that coming. I, I, well, it makes sense. I mean, you think about it, though, like you got to get, you got to go through the actor, you got to get the likeness rights and yeah. blah, 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 you know, or if they're not with us anymore, how do you go about doing that? You know? Yeah. Also, in, in the figure, he's wearing the T-shirt from the, from the movie. I can't imagine what kind of licensing nightmare that is. Yeah, that was also surprising. Uh, very cool. Because, as many of you may or may not know out there, music licensing rights is a beast. And that's the True. nicest thing I can say about that. Yeah, yeah, like it's a Sid Vicious shirt. Are we licensing that from Sid Vicious, or are we licensing that from the person who made the shirt? Are we licensing it from the company that made the shirt? Yeah. Was the shirt made specifically for the movie? Like, there's all kinds of different questions that have to be answered before that 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 figure can exist but it's going to exist yeah uh not on the top of my list of hey i gotta got i I, I gotta get that yeah but i think that he's secondary character enough to justify him being in a loot crate yeah yeah definitely what's the uh what's what's the second figure what's the next one armagon armagon what like this one is kind of confusing to me, man. I mean, you know, people like sharks. They they do, but Ar- Armagon is n- not even a tertiary character. Like, 99 per- 90% of Turtles fans have no idea who that is. Uh, see, I wouldn't say that. Maybe 50. I am absolutely comfortable saying that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, he, he, I'm not saying his, his, uh, appearances haven't been memorable, but he wasn't in the original cartoon. He wasn't in the 2K3 cartoon. He was in the, 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 the Nickelodeon show, but it wasn't until way deep into the run. Mm -hmm. Uh, he was in one of the video games. Tournament fighter for Super Nintendo. Tournament fighter for Super Nintendo. He wasn't in the other versions of that game. That game has been out of print for 25 years, almost. So, like, there isn't a, you know, pent-up nostalgia for Armagon. I don't know. You Again, you could have some fans out there. Wasn't he in the Archie comics, too, for a bit? 
Yes, yes. He was in the Ar- – that's actually where he started, I believe, was the Archie comics. There wasn't an original action figure for him, mm-hmm. I don't believe. Uh, it's, it, he's just an odd odd choice, especially since uh, right now the, 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 the arcade line is focusing on Turtles in Time. Yeah. We have all four turtles from Turtles in Time. We, we, we've got the Shellshock turtle. It's branded as Turtles in Time. Uh, we've gotten Leatherhead. We've gotten Baxter, the ultimate Baxter coming out. We have Shredder. And there are many and other Slash. enemies. And Slash. And like there are many other enemies coming, or many other enemies that are available to, to, to you know, release. And instead they go with a character not in Turtles in Time that arguably is more famous from another iteration of the turtles. It it is very odd. Like it's it's like, a weird choice. Like seeing um uh cartoon jumpsuit April with the Funko Pops from the movies. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it it seems very out of place. I, like I'm going to love it. You yeah. know, cuz I I really like that character. It's just it's it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Oh, and he also showed up in the um the PlayStation 4 game too. Oh, yes, he did. He was a I did not like fighting him at all. The PlayStation 4 game. Yeah. Is that the 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 the, the one with a uh... in Manhattan. Okay. What is the next figure coming to the to the team in T Loot Crate? We going in actual order? No, we're just going to just we're just naming them. Just naming just them. Naming them. Um Weird clone claw baby shredder. <laughs> That's true. Yes, we're getting we're getting claw shredder from the Return to New York storyline. Now this is in the Mirage or the the you know comic line that they have, and this is another odd inclusion. Yeah, there's a lot of characters that have not been released in the comic line. It, in fact, the only figure they've really released in the comic line in almost ten, in, in like 10 years is the most recent Shredder. Which I still don't have. Well, no, the most recent Shredder is the one that was in the Loot Crate last year. Oh, well, that would explain why I don't have it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the one I just got in the mail. Oh. So this Claw Shredder is weird. Uh, again, like, they have to, they have to, like, toe a real fine line with these these uh, exclusive figures they have to be characters that are side like they're characters that are so far on the side that your mainstream person isn't going to be seeking them out yeah but they can't be too obscure because then there'll be no you know there'll be no reason to buy it mm-hmm so it's yeah. So it's it's a it's a weird line they have to 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 cross because like the big question is is like why are they releasing Danny if they haven't done April yet? It's like well April's coming. We know April's coming. Yeah. And it's and they're not gonna lock April behind an exclusive like that'd be crazy. Mm-hmm. So that's how we end up with these weird characters like Danny and Claw Shredder. But why couldn't it be like Savante Romero? Yeah. Or Radical or nobody like or chief stearns yeah chief stearns for the movie like there's there's so vanilla ice (laughs) hey he's coming 
No, he's not. He's probably he's he's gonna. I don't I don't think that's that's not confirmed. It's the only way you'll buy a vanilla ice figure. That's true. You're that yeah, it's gotta be labeled turtles. Uh we haven't seen the sculpt of that one yet. I'm sure it's gonna look gnarly, which is cool. Yeah. The the last one, I'm gonna take the last one. No, I'll let you take the last one because I know how much you like this the, the this 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 character. There's two more. Well the well the last one of the main four. Yeah, there is two more. Yeah. The one that I'm most excited about, which I have already pre ordered. Hey hey. Hey, is the Dark Turtle Donatello where he's dressed up like basically Batman. So this is a very interesting choice for a figure, probably one that I'm super, super excited for because I love that episode. Um, season four, season five, I believe. Cool, cool. Yeah, I think it might be probably season four. There's a lot of episodes in season four we haven't watched yet. Um, I don't remember this episode at all. So the, w- watching that episode and getting this figure is going to be real cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you said that you have already ordered it. I've I've already pre-ordered all of them, so I, right. I'm, I'm in for a penny and for a pound, right? Well, I'm picking and choosing. I might get Armagon if he's still there. Well, like that's the thing. Uh, they've they've uh, Neca slash Loot Crate has they've they've come out and said that you have until the end of March. Well, that's pre-order. Well, that's good. Yeah, I. I let's see yeah i I don't see a date on this page but i know they did they did confirm that this is a pre-order this is not a limited limited time like hey we only have a hundred of these it's like you buy and we're gonna make as many as we need correction night of the dark total was season seven season seven wow that's late in the show yeah uh so so yeah Get get your orders in. Apparently, we have a month to order them. I've already ordered them. Jeff, you've ordered one of them. Um, once they once they're gone, they're gone. Uh, and if you order all four of them, like if you if you order all four loot crates, uh, you do uh, get a bonus figure, uh, and it's going to be Scrag, which I, I'm being told is a popular character, which was never like super featured on the show. I mean, he was the first, like, one of the punks that got turned into a bat. And then when Shredder was showing, you know, the demutation ray, he shot the bat guy and he turned him back into a punk. I was like, punk human. I was like, um, what? That would have been great to just, you know, kind of change it up and not just have Bebop and Rocksteady all the time and have this guy. Because he looked pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It, like... I remember seeing this character. I like if I saw a picture of this character and I'm like, oh yeah, that's a turtles character. But I didn't know he had a name. I didn't either. Yeah, I didn't know he had a name. I didn't know he had, like I. It's just so odd that like it's like hey, it, congrats congratulations, Scrag, you're gonna have a figure, and everyone's like, oh yeah, Scrag, and like I even posted uh, to 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 Instagram the the sculpts that they released of of the figure. It looks great. He does. He looks absolutely great. It's it's just weird that I I'm okay, sure. Just a back <laughs> background character, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's real odd, but I'm gonna be getting him, so there's that. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like the way the way they're picking and choosing these weird 
side characters to release is is it's it, it almost seems like they're throwing darts at a at a board basically um but it, it also could mean that they are in it for the long haul like if they're releasing scrag then what that tells me is they have plans to release every single character known to man to that cartoon line Jeez, that's a lot uh but because there's at least 30 characters i would assume they release before they release this one ace duck's coming yeah sadly ace duck is on that list hey come uh, on <laughs> um so yeah yeah there, there there's your 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 loot crate minute uh get them get them while they're hot i think it's what 200 250 for the whole thing or That's 200 it. let me let me confirm that it, yeah it's it's 200 dollars for for the entire set yeah uh, with twenty dollars shipping, which the ship that the cost of shipping is not bad if you're shipping four crates for twenty bucks. It's it's not. Yeah. Uh, we have a lot more news, so let's keep this rolling, right? Yeah. What else we got? Uh, we've got a t- another Target exclusive, uh, Playmates Movie Turtles pa- six pack. Yeah, yeah. So I ordered this too, of course. Of course. Because I'm a sucker. Um, yeah. And I am not happy. I haven't it, like it's it's on its way to Target. I'm going to pick it up this week. I am not happy with with what I'm seeing out in that thing. Oh, it's absolutely Playmates phoning it in even more so than they did last time. Like last year when they released these cute little boxes with, you know, old figures in them. You know, it, at least you could say, oh, OK, this this seems genuine and cool. This is legit phoning it in. And. Explain to me uh, your definition of phoning it in. Like putting the cheapest, most uh, unoriginal piece of plastic in a box and sending it to Target. Instead of making new sculpts? No, 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 no. No, they didn't. Like, that's the thing. These resemble the original figures, but they're not even made out of the same plastic as the original figures. I wouldn't expect them to be. It's what, you know... Decades later. And we forgot how to make plastic? Well, the plastic stuff has changed. So we forgot how to make plastic. Like the, so, so, the, so the plastic they originally were made of, they just can't make it anymore? More than likely. I mean, look at, look at uh, DVD and Blu-ray cases. Those aren't thick like they used to be. Those things are thin as... Yeah, but that's, they do know. that as a cost-cutting measure. Aha, cost-cutting. I, I don't understand the aha there. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not <laughs> like, like a, don't do these this, this this subpar version of these figures if you're not gonna actually put the work in. Like, have you seen the splinter that comes in this this garbage fire? He looks pretty janky. Like the original movie splinter, which is what these are, had fur. This one is just a, an, a, a another poor quality repaint of a sculpt that we've seen a million times like all the reissues from the first wave yeah yeah yes playmates come on man like i'm a huge fan of playmates figures i really am and i pretty much buy whatever i can get my hands on when they release some stuff but this one is this one's just a the kick in the crotch yeah like i had i'd gotten a loose movie michelangelo and he was all like 
it wasn't like your hard plastic. He was kind of squishy and bendy. Yeah. Which was kind of cool. Yeah, specifically made to make it feel like you're touching the the turtles in the movies because they're movie-based figures. Right. Yeah. Mm. So I bought them, you know, because I buy everything. Pretty much. (laughs) Pretty much. But it's fine. It's 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 always it's gonna be fine. Yeah. Um, the shredder looks okay. Yeah, he looks pretty short. <laughs> not the not so super shredder. Not so super. Uh, not yeah, yeah. Not so super shredder. Yeah. Uh. All right. Is what, the what diet else? coke of super shredders? <laughs> super shredder light. Yeah. All right, what's our next news topic? Um, we've got a Stern NECA pinball box. Yeah. This one's a Walmart exclusive that's coming out. Mm-hmm. And it's it's made by NECA, and it has a Shredder figure in it. I'm not sure why this is branded as a Stern pinball thing. Maybe it's because the box looks like the pinball machine Stern released. I, I don't I'm not familiar enough with the pinball machine to to, to know that. Right. Um, but it's it's like one of those boxes that you just, you know, you go to the store and you see this big Mario M and it's like, hey, it contains seven Mario items. Yeah. You know, and, it, and this is what this is. It, it contains five Ninja Turtles items. Uh, one of them is a beanie. One of them is a T-shirt. There is this the, the shredder action figure, a magnet and a keychain. It's so weird. It is so, very weird. Like, uh, it looks like this just a repack of Turtles and Time Shredder. Or is is it? It looks like it. It's kind of hard to tell. It's yeah, it's hard to tell. It, like n- nobody has released a really good image of it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's and the thing is, if it's a Turtles and if it's a repainting of the Turtles and Time figure. That figure goes for 25 bucks, right? Yeah. Then you have plus a T-shirt, which I would say is, what, two or three bucks to make? A beanie, two or three bucks to make? Mm-hmm. So I would expect this, with the standard markup on this kind of garbage, I would expect it to be like a $50 box. Yeah. Do we know how much it's going to cost? Um, I do not see... Oh, you're right. It is a $50 box. Oh, look at me. Oh, snap. <laughs> That's a lot of money for that dumb thing. It is. Uh, I, but I also imagine that these things are designed to actually sh- uh, sit on shelves for a while. Yeah. Because, you know, all of those little boxes that are in, you know, Walmarts, which is where this is going to be available, um, they they don't move units. <laughs> Sure, they they probably eventually sell out, but there have been many times I've seen them on clearance racks. Yeah. So while the retail is probably fifty bucks, give it six months, you'll probably find it for twenty or fifteen. Yeah. At a Walmart, trying to make sh- find shelf space space. So. Yeah. I don't know. It's 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 a real real weird release. Very very, just odd. I mean, Crane Beanie is kind of cool i guess it was like i don't want to wear that ugly thing on my head 
I like I have no problem with it being ugly or what it looks like. I just don't like beanies. Like my my fat head does not like beanies at all. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, it looks like more. It's more of like a villain pack. Because you got to be up in Rocksteady keychain, Shredder figure. You got a Turtles T-shirt. I guess I'm guessing that's Turtles T-shirt. It's hard to see. And then you got a yeah. pizza magnet. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's real tough. It's real. It's it's odd. But I do want that Shredder action figure. Yeah. Period. That's that's why I'll be tracking one of these things down. So. The thing that annoys me about the Stern art, like the art's good. But Krang has human hands as and not the weird red gloved. Oh, well, <laughs> he took his mittens off, man. I mean, come on. His hands got hot. No. Is he not allowed to upgrade his android body? No, that's not how that works. <laughs> it's it's Krang 2.0, bro. Driving me crazy. Uh, let's see. We, I'm, let's roll through this news. We got some more. We got more beef. What's next? We got another, uh, exclusive. Was it, is, is this a Walmart exclusive? This uh, is a Walmart exclusive. Uh, that I'm about to talk about the black suit shredder. <laughs> yeah, that was my shorthand. It's not a, like, that's not the name officially, but shadow master, shadow master shredder. Yeah. It's literally a repaint of the Shredder, the Super Shredder that was already released. Sure, why not? I, I I can tell you why not. Yeah. Because they should be making more of the regular Super Shredder. Yeah, they're like they're just, he's basically like Mirage Super Shredder. It's well, the the reason he exists the way he does is apparently. Back in the Playmates days, during the uh, release of um, Secret of the Use, there was a mail-away figure that you could, like, mail, like, UPCs or something. I don't even know what you had to mail to uh, to Playmates, and they yeah. would send you a black Shredder figure. So this is kind of an homage to that whole deal. That's pretty cool. That is cool. Uh, I don't know why we need this, but... You milk know, I, money. Uh, yeah, I, I do milking, like... It's milking that cash cow. Yeah. I do like, like seeing hey, the turtle stuff on shelves, though, so... There's that one guy out there that buys all our stuff. Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> uh, not wrong. You're not wrong. And, and the, like, his... his The paint job is not even, like, full-on black. It's just, like, a darker purple. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it looks cool. Eh, fine, it's cool. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, let's. You want to talk about these reaction figures now? Yeah. All right. Got some more Super Seven goodness coming. Um. Uh, Wave Three. Um. Will feature Casey Jones, a damaged foot soldier. <laughs> Samurai Leonardo, or Sewer Samurai Leonardo, and uh, Sewer Surfing Mike. I, I, I fully support all of everything here. I don't know why we need a damaged foot soldier when there are so many other actual characters we could do. 
you know. Sure. Sure. Just milking it. Just milking it. Yeah. Uh, the, 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 the reaction figures, like I am so torn on these things, man, because the, whenever I shop for them online, usually all I see is the figure and I'm like, that thing's dumb looking because they're designed to kind of look dumb, you know, like they're designed to look old. Yeah. Like from the late seventies, early eighties, which, which that in and of itself is, but what's the word I'm looking for? Um, when something doesn't like an anachronism, like we're going to base these late eighties, early nineties characters on action figures from the seventies. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't really make any sense, but I get it. And yeah. I, and the real kicker here is the box art is fantastic on all of them. It's, it's amazing. Or the card art, I guess is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah. It's all, that's all fantastic. Like the ones that are just, Eye-popping to me are Super Samurai Leo and, and then Super Surf and Mike. Yeah. Like, yeah, like that. I, I'd want that Leo as a poster or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that's where the, the, the real artistry is in these releases is is on the, the card art. And I'd be down with purchasing these. Yeah. I just can't stomach an $18 price tag. Like, I could see... Five, maybe eight bucks. But I would say, yeah, no more than a pop figure. Yeah. So like nine to 13 bucks tops. Yeah. Depending on where you buy it. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, this oddly is just one, one line that I'm just not, not going to, I'm not going to buy. Just, I don't know. I don't know. I might, I might get a few. Of course, if they make Metalhead, you know, I'm got, I'm going to buy it. No, of course, of course. Um, but yeah. All right, all right. Uh, I think that is that it for the big news. Um, we have some fake news or some 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 teased. not so not so news. Yeah. No, no. Well, no. It's it's the one of the next mutation not so news. Oh, not so news. Yeah. The next mutation. Uh series that was released by Shout Factory uh, way back when um, is going out of print. So if you don't have those DVD sets, Volumes 1 or 2 or the Complete Collection, um, and want them, (laughs) (laughs) they're sold out at Shout Factory's official, on on their official website, um, but you can probably still find them on Amazon or Deep Discount uh, DVD.com or wherever you could possibly, uh, Target, Walmart, wherever. Um, They're probably not very expensive um, at this point. So if you you want those, now's the time to get them. Yeah, last time I checked, the next mutation DVDs, you could get the whole series for like six bucks plus shipping. Yeah. Uh, so I, I I'm not going to say that this is like a, you better rush out and buy them. I, I think this is just, um, shout factory reading the room and understanding that these are not a product that, that is, that is highly sought after. Well, it's not so much as that is that they're losing a lot of their stuff is going out of print. And it's kind of like they're losing the license. So I think is this like, is pre- that what it is? Or are yeah. they just not printing them anymore? Because th- yeah. those are two different things. 
Mm, maybe a little bit of both. Because like some of their Transformers stuff was going out of print. I was like, oh, whoa. So, yeah, because because the thing is, is if it was worth if it was worth it to them to continue to print these, they would make sure that they maintain the license. Oh, this is true. And I'm pretty sure they only got it because of Saban, the deal with Saban when they started releasing the Power Rangers box sets. And that was kind of in that same grouping. Yeah, because it was a Saban production. It's that's that's it's very possible. But either way, if you want that trash fire, buy it. If not, I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm going to burn through these next few things, but, but because the, these aren't really news per se. Uh, NECA is really good about responding to their their fans on Twitter. They're also really good about responding to their haters on Twitter. So that's cool. Through Twitter conversations, uh, Twitter users have kind of figured out a few of the the, the moves that that NECA is going to be making uh, this year and possibly, you know, farther out than that. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to post where I found all these. These are just kind of from from Facebook groups uh, and screenshots. But you know, what 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 we've gotten out of the like the tea, the teasings that have been put on uh, Twitter, uh, it looks like we're going to be getting a Hamato Yoshi movie figure. Uh, and that would be not Splinter, Hamato Yoshi, like the actual like Japanese person. Yeah, uh, that dies that owned Splinter as a, as a rat. Uh, it, it also the, um, the pizza monster monsters from, I believe the second season or was it the first season of the TV show? Second, second season. Yeah. The pizza monster monsters that were also heavily featured in the video game. Those look like they're going to be released. Those were teased as a, as a, as a heavy possibility. So that's cool. It's alien looking dudes. Right, right. They do definitely look like xenomorphs. Um, it's been confirmed that we're not getting a Tatsu. Mm. Like, not like a happy a hard, Yeah, like a real hard stop. Like, no. <laughs> Where we've been trying to license his that, that dude's face for quite some time, and he's not answering our phone calls. So until he answers a phone call, we can't make that figure. That's that's from NECA. Is basic. That's basically what they said. Yeah. So I hope that know. changes because I like that guy. Yeah, it's fine. He's, he's it's sure. I'd buy it. Um, the then we also got kind of a you know a, 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 again a it's a side. We got teased that uh, Casey's coming back, and the assumption is, is this is the movie Casey, which was previously only available in the Casey Raphael two pack that was yeah. released at, at Walmart. Uh, it looks like Casey's coming back, and the assumption uh, it, it's it's coming back, and the quote is, "And he's better than ever." That's that's from the the NECA representative. Yeah. So the assumption is that it's going to be Casey with the actual head sculpt from uh, Elias Cotus. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That'd be pretty sweet. That would be really really cool, um, especially since we're getting the 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 official April with with you know. Judith Ho- Judith Hogue this year, so maybe maybe it's going to be a two pack with Judith Judith Hogue and Elias Cotus, or maybe yeah. they'll be you know their own figures. Who knows? Who knows? But the, like, the, you know, you sweeten yeah. the deal with like, hey, you want your own action figure? It's like, uh, yeah. Who wouldn't? <laughs> Tatsu. Box. 
Oh, see? Oh. Well, he's not picking up the phone. I bet he does, but he's not picking up that phone. Well, uh, and the, the last thing here, the, like the last piece of news, um, someone kind of threw a question at the, the, you know, the NECA guys on Twitter. And the question was, ballpark, how many TMNT movie figures can we expect this year? Uh, being 2021, of course. And the answer was more than 10. Oof. Which that's a that's a significant you know number. Uh, so so like if I'm gonna speculate, you know we, we we've already got Danny coming. We know that. We know April's coming. We know that. Um, what else do we know that's coming? I don't think anything else has been con- confirmed for that line. Mm-mm. So I'm thinking Chief Stern. <laughs> I was thinking they were gonna go ahead and do like. Secret of the use, it was more secret of the use stuff. Yeah, the doctor. Like maybe the doctor. I'll yeah. buy a freaking David Warner action figure in a heartbeat. I've already got his Tron action figure. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Like, it could be the doctor. It could be a new, uh, you know, a second April. Ooh. Uh, I would honestly, what I really want is just figures from for the turtles from that movie. Ooh, yes. Because I, those I, are different turtles. They are. They would be different sculpts. Yeah. And and like in the long run, I really want the turtles from Turtles Three. I do too. And again, I'm gonna defend that movie. People keep crapping all over it and like, no, yeah. it's not bad. It is not that bad. Uh and if you look at NECA's product line across their other other licenses, they love doing that. Like you can buy Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Street one. Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. Like, there's a version of him for each one of those movies. So for them not to do it for the Turtles would be silly. If we get a four-pack of Japanese Honor Guard Turtles, I will buy that in a heartbeat. (laughs) Give it a few years. I think it's going to happen. They are really, really liking how crazy people are about these Turtles, the Turtles lines right now. So... Yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. So that, my friend, is news. Whew. Whew. Uh, well, that was a lot of news, um, but this, this, show, this show isn't just about news. We do have a main topic. Uh, Jeff, what, what's our main, main topic today? I'm so glad you asked me, Sergio. It's Action, action Figure Extravaganza! Yes, we're talking about action figures this time uh we haven't actually covered action figures really at all since the first episode not even the first episode like the zeroth episode episode when me and you talked about action figures for a little bit so i guess we can refresh our listeners uh and and let them know that that we have we've broken the turtles existence into three er eras there's phase one phase two and phase three uh, phase one being uh, everything that I would be considered retro at this point. Uh, that's uh, the original cartoon, original comics, everything up until the Kevin Eastman buyout, uh, which happened around the year 2000, give or take. Uh, phase two would be that buyout to the Nickelodeon buyout. So uh, it would be Peter Laird uh, rebooting or the, the relaunch of the comic uh, the 2K3 series, the TMNT movie, you know, basically the, the the coming 
the coming back of you know prominent TMNT stuff. And then Phase Three is everything since the Nickelodeon buyout in 2009. Today's episode, uh, we are talking about, of course, action figures, and we're going to be just just having a jolly little chat about the Phase One action figures. Uh, and then we have a special guest uh, who. Uh, recorded a segment with us earlier today. He's the author of the fantastic book, Rad Plastic. Uh, Chris Fawcett will be joining the show, uh, and he's going to talk to us about creating the book and what inspired the book and, and, and basically how something as substantial and, and, and just impressive comes together. So, so when we said we had a beefy episode, we have a beefy episode. Yeah. With all the action figure accessories included. Yes, absolutely. They're not sold separately this time. <laughs> well, Jeff, when I say Ninja Turtles action figures, what's like the first thing that comes to mind? You're thinking too long. You're thinking this is the first thing that comes to mind. Going into the toy aisle and seeing them for the first time. How was how was that for you? My earliest recollection of Seeing them on store shelves is I had to go to a friend's uh, to my friend's birthday party and I had to get them a gift and they were they're they're twins so you know you can't you know buy one without you know getting for another so I was like okay well let's just get them some Ninja Turtles toys and it was the, literally the first thing I saw on the shelf so I bought I'm, I I believe it was Leonardo and Donatello and um, they were a big hit. One I gave, <laughs> they both switched because <laughs> it's like I don't like the blue one, I like the purple one. <laughs> and you were so, like, uh, um, um, Leonardo and Donatello. Yeah, <laughs> what, that's what that's what they said at the time. Um, and uh, that that was my first like introduction, and I think later I got them, I got all of them, and uh, you know. So on and so forth. Yeah, yeah. Uh, m- mine is not nearly as specific as yours, um, just because when it comes to age, it's it, it was it's tough for me to remember anything from that age. I'm a bit younger than you. We're not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna call you out as to how old you are, but you are, you know, a little older than me. And in '87, you know, when the first little run of of, of uh, action figures were hitting the stores, I was only like four. So I recall owning the figures. I remember playing with the figures. I remember none of mine having any belts because, of course, I was a child. Yeah. Um, the, the 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 accessories were, you know, probably in the bottom of the toy box and, and never to be seen again. Uh, but my, my most vivid memory is, and I probably mentioned this in, in, in episode zero, but was the turtle van. And not playing with the turtle van like... I should be playing with the turtle van. Like I wasn't putting the figures into it and driving around going, Oh, shredder. We're going to get you. No, it, it was just me. I had popped the top off of it. Oh. Uh, and had gone to the kitchen, which had linoleum floors. And I would grab the two sides and then I would just run it around as fast as I possibly could. Basically running through my house using the the uh the turtle van is almost like a a skate a skateboard that sounds about right 
you know, I wasn't like standing on it or anything, but I was driving it around and it, and it wasn't sure it was a turtle's toy, but I wasn't, it, I wasn't excited because it was a turtle's toy. I was excited because look at this ma, look what I can do. Yeah. And, you know, as, as I, a, you know, grew a little older, I, I started to appreciate, you know, the, the, the toys themselves, uh, but those initial years, I had no clue what I was doing. I was four. Yeah. Um, there's there's a like a majesty, so like something majestic about that first year of action figures. Could, could if without looking it up, can you tell me what ten figures were in the first wave? Uh, yeah. I mean, of course, you've got the first. You know, you got the four turtles. Uh-huh. Um, you had um. April, Bebop, Rocksteady, Splinter, and Shredder. Yeah, that's correct. That is that is correct. You win a cookie. Sweet. Congratulations. Um. Uh. And and last night in in preparation for this this episode, I watched the uh, the toys that made us episode on the Ninja Turtles, and I have some issues with how that that show is edited, and it's it's just it's it's an odd little thing, but. Yeah. They're, the interviews that they have with a lot of the the the, the people who helped design the, the the action figures pointed out a lot of a, a lot of stuff that I just didn't realize until you look at it from an artistic perspective. Mm-hmm. Like, and and actually, it's it's it, I think it's great that we talked about those those reaction figures in this episode because when you look at those reaction figures, like they're the, the points of articulation are limited at best. The the, tur- the 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 characters aren't really posed in any way. They're, they're arms to the side, legs straight down. Most of the artistry is in the face sculpt and the, like the body sculpt. Oh, I forgot foot soldier. <laughs> That's correct. That's correct. I was ca- trying to count them in my head, and but yeah, foot soldier was what what was one of the first ten. The 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 turtles figures were always posed. I know that's a, that's a weird statement to say, but you know, they were muscular. Yeah. Their, their feet weren't straight down. Like you had to kind of put them in the pose, the action, but they were literally action figures. You could not pose them, not in action. Yeah. And some of the, some of their like feet were at an angle. And so it was just really tough to, it was like, stand up. They were tough to stand up, but once you got them standing up, like they looked real cool. Yeah, there was no way to stand them up and then look do you know doofusy. Like they were gonna be cool looking, regardless of how you stood them. Yeah, regardless of the way you posed those hands and w- whether or not you had one sword or two swords or or a sigh, like they were going to look cool. Same thing with like Sh- Shredder is a bad figure. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not sure why they decided to not give him a shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like it—he is hard to pose. Extremely hard to pose. But he looks cool. He's got a cloth cape. He has a cloth. Yeah, he—he—he he, he, he looks like he's—he's he's about to wreck shop. Yeah. And and that's just not something that, you know, you saw much out of figures prior to that era. Yeah. You know, you had your He-Mans, and you know th- those those all looked cool, but they weren't as expressive in their their zero pose. Zero yeah. pose, 
You know what I mean by zero pose, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like all those He-Man figures all had like one stance. Yeah. More or less. And and it was just straight up and down. Straight yeah. up and down. Like there was some points of articulation, but it wasn't like the turtles just always look fierce and cool. Yeah. And angry. And a- they were all angry, yeah. Um so so in yeah, in, in 88 there was, you know, yeah, the the the, the basic figures come out and it, it it a lot of people don't really realize this, but the the figures were kind of created in tandem with the TV show. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't a situation where, oh, we have a hit TV show. We have to make figures. It was very much a, like a transformer situation where you make the TV show to sell the action figures. Playmates was instrumental in helping design the characters that were going to be on the show. Mm-hmm. Like Bebop and Rocksteady, they were like those ideas bounced back and forth between Mirage uh, Fred Wolf, or what was it, Mar- Marikami Wolf Swenson, or whatever it was. Yeah. Like, those character models bounced between all the parties involved before someone pulled the trigger and said, All right, Bebop and Rocksteady, it's going to be a Warthog and a Rhinoceros. Boom. You know? And, you know, as a kid, you don't really put those two things together. You don't think, Oh, the, the, the toy maker had a say in this character on TV. You're just like, Hey, he's stupid and I like it. It's fun. Yeah. And in retrospect, I almost feel duped, you know, because why do you, why do you feel duped? Cause the TV show was designed to sell figures. It's like basically every, just about every cartoon in the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it, it was, you watch the TV show, so you'll know what to tell your mom to buy you. Yeah. Oh, and, and it worked. Like gangbusters. Oh, yeah. But yeah, if we're it, talking just raw money coming through the door, Ninja Turtles were out out of this world. I would say probably comparable to Power Rangers when they hit. I would say Power Rangers... Of course, it's uh, technically a different era, but... Well, yeah. Power like you didn't see a resurgence, like an an insane resurgence of sales, probably yeah. until Power Rangers hit and it just, you know, yeah. backed up traffic for miles. Yeah, for uh, state shows. In in Rad Plastic, he he actually talks about how Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers were part of the last wave of like classic toys. There's the blockbuster boom Blo- sales. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the bottom kind of fell out of that entire market after the Power Rangers, you know, kind of faded out of, you know, mainstream popularity. Yeah. And and he chalks it up to to uh, like video games and other other ways to to engage children in it. And he's probably right because. Oh, definitely. You know, I have children and guess what? They don't have a lot of toys, toys. And they don't care. They don't want a lot of toys. And it, it, it makes sense. But in the 80s, that's all we had were toys. Yeah. And we had – Playmates was very eager to sell us cheaply made toys. And plastic toys are cheap – by definition are cheaply made. Yeah. Um, so let, let's let's switch gears a little bit. Okay. A lot of toys came out. 
a lot of, of, of action figures specifically. Of course, there are, you know, play sets and, 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 and vehicles and, and, and ride-ons and stuff like that. Um, but as a collector, as a, as a child, I'm sure you had favorites. Oh, yes. So what are some of your favorite toys from that era? So I now, of course, over the decades had a, you know, big plastic tub to put them all in. Some with the accessories, some with not. Um, the ones that stick out to me probably the most. Um, I remember getting the big Krang android body mm. figure. Um, which I still have. Uh, he's in great shape, except for his antenna has been broken off. Um, and the door that I still have the door that you you keep crying inside. Um, I played oh, wow. with that thing like crazy. Um, and then I'd gotten the the turtle van was probably one of my most favorite. Um, I'd actually called Walmart and talked to somebody that worked in the toy section. That That's a real Jeff move. It is a real Jeff move. <laughs> I was like, hey, when you guys getting that Ninja Turtle stuff back in? And uh, she helped me. Uh, she took my information down and um, I think called my parents or whatever when that stuff would come in. Probably my dad went and, go, went and got the Turtle van. And... Um, she still works at Walmart to this day, not in the toy section anymore, but I still know her really well, um, which was very, very cool. Um, the turtle blimp that never <laughs> stayed blown up. Yeah. Um, as well with the plastic like fins that were supposed to go on that thing that never, I, I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb and say that the turtle blimp is not a quality product. It was not <laughs> at all. Uh, I I I had the cheapskate, which was which was fun. Uh, yeah. They never stayed on the you know bloody thing. True. Um. Uh, let's see. I'm pretty sure I had the foot the foot cruiser. Oh, the foot cruiser was cool. That was very very cool. I never owned the foot cruiser, but it, that's a cool little thing. Yeah. Um, and I remember going in. I probably had some of the sewer party tube things. Um, that you could play with in the tub or wherever. Um. And I distinctively remember the retro mutagen ooze canisters that had the glow-in-the-dark turtle in the bottom. Yep, yep. I have one of those, unopened. Ooh, yeah. You yeah. don't want to smell that. No, I don't. No, I'm not going to open it. Like? Sounds like a bad idea. I'd be very surprised if the turtle hadn't been melted already. <laughs> Because I've seen what that stuff does. Like somebody opened it and like it had burned their counter or something. I'm like, whoa, what in the what? Okay. It it was it was slime like 30 years before slime got super popular on YouTube. So. Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Yeah. Um. 
I never got uh, the Technodrome or anything like that. Th- that was that was the one one thing where I was like, Mom, I want the Technodrome. And she looked at the price and she was like, okay. <laughs> sure. You, sure. Good luck, kid. Get a job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, that was the big thing that I, I didn't get. But I, I did have a lot, like a lot. I had a lot of these figures. And uh, I, let's see, some of my favorites. I, I vividly remember playing with the footski as, yeah. you know, as I took a bath. Mm-hmm. Which is like it, it actually floated. Like, I, I don't know if they stuffed it with styrofoam or something, but it, it floated. So, yeah, uh, that was cool. Um, I also remember playing with the pizza thrower and always losing the pizzas. I want to see a friend of mine had one of those and maybe the mutant module. I never had the module. Like that's another one. Like any of them that were actually in the TV show, I was like, man, that's cool. But so many of these things, these things were never actually in the act the, the show, like the, the double barrel plunger gun was never in the show. I don't think. Yeah. Um, as, as for the, the figures themselves, I, I really like Genghis frog. Mm-hmm. And I was always bummed that we never never got the rest of the frogs. Like we got we got Napoleon Bonafrog. Yeah, and he looks nothing like he looked in the in the show. But I was very 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 upset as a child that they didn't release all of them. Yeah, it was a little odd, especially since they were releasing all these characters no one's ever heard of. Right, like the punk frogs Scum- were cool. I want a full set of punk frogs. Yeah, like who was was Scumbug? Scum, the, uh, scumbag, I think is his name. Scum, no, Scumbug. Was it, was it Scumbug? Yeah, Scumbug. Oh, wow. Uh, he was in a comic, I believe. I don't think he was in the TV show, though. Yeah. Um. I mean, even Ray Filet got his own figure, and he wasn't true. on the show. That's true. Um, I also really like Mondo Gecko. Muckman and Joe Eyeball. I had both. I have. Well, I still have Mondo and Muckman, and then like Mutagen Man, uh, Fugitoid, because he just looked cool. I, he was one that I had and never understood what he was. Yeah. Because you know, I was a kid. I was like, oh, you, you you're telling me this is a Ninja Turtle figure, and you know, in retrospect, Fugitoid is a big deal, and I love that guy. But as a kid, he was just that weird robot. Yeah. I never understood it either. Yeah. Uh, I had Mutagen Man. And he was another one that I played with in the bathtub because you could fill him with water. Uh-huh. Uh, so that was cool. Uh, his name is Scumbug. Look at that. And if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm going just like favorite, Slash. Like the original Slash figure. Oh, yeah. Um, Figure-wise, like, of course, Metalhead's my favorite. Yeah. That's the one that just drew me, and I, I distinctively remember going to you know Walmart or wherever with my dad, and I saw that on the shelf, and I was like, "Dad, it's like I gotta have this." <laughs> um, slash, I got this was at school, and we were doing like a secret Santa thing in class, and I filled out slash Ninja Turtle. And we put him into a hat and whatever, and whoever drew whatever, you had to go see if you could find whatever. And I, I got it, and I still have him. They're all in great shape. Um, you know, accessories missing, of course, or whatever. Um, yeah. Undercover Don was another favorite because they were in. He was in trench coat. Yep. 
Yeah, man. Like it's it's weird looking back at you know the 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 stuff in Rad Plastic and the and the stuff on like Figure Realm, trying to remember my childhood and and, and try to figure out when was I the biggest turtle fan? You know. Yeah. E- either hey, I was a really big turtles fan in 1989, or that's when my mom actually bought me a lot of figures, or she was able to find a lot of those figures from the 1990, uh, 1989 run on sale. Knowing my mom, that could be, that's probably what it was. Right. But, you know, I look at the, the, the basic figures from like 1990 and 1991 or not 90, uh, from like 91 on and on. I didn't have that many of those. Like I didn't have super shredder. I didn't have Sergeant bananas walkabout worm. Like I didn't have any of those. Yeah. And I'm sure I was still watching the show at that point, right? More than likely. Yeah. It's like real weird. Like I, uh, what was it like? Um, weird panda. PandaCon. Yeah, had PandaCon. Um, I should have dug out my uh my plastic tub full of stuff and looked. <laughs> um, like when when this pandemic is over we're doing a video show we have to where we pull out all of our old stuff and just 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 talk about what we have because yeah I, I still have a whole bunch of stuff yeah and i've bought a whole bunch of stuff i have a lot of stuff carded that i'm like am i i don't think i'm ever gonna get rid of this i guess i'm just gonna bequeath it all to my children who'll probably sell it on ebay 2.0 they better like if they they better sell it and make a lot of money. Yeah. I'm not gonna hoard all this stuff for them not to make money on it. Yeah. Uh, I don't plan on doing it. The only one that I have, like I don't, I opened all that all my stuff, of course. Um, I only have one carded figure, and that that is thanks to uh, my buddy Jason. And we were making, I was making jokes, and. Which I can't repeat on here. Um, and uh, one year he just got me a carded figure. And I was like, what? It's the Wacky Wild West uh, Bandito Bastion Mike. Oh, wow. And it's... It's in perfect condition. The uh, the card's not even punched. Like the hanging tab. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's unpunched, and I was like, "Wow." Um, I I can imagine that that would go for a hefty hefty price right now. I would imagine, but I think this was like from ten years ago. So um, it was probably not very expensive. Yeah. Let's see. Okay, I'm hitting up eBay real quick just just to give you an idea. Um, an unpunched Bandito Bash and Mike right now is listed at $125. Oh wow! Which that ain't cheap, but it's not it's 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 not as bad as some of them I've seen. Yeah. So hold on to it. Put it in like a protective sleeve or something. I will be ordering one. Um, I, I the thing is, is there were so many just weird and bizarre versions of the turtles that. I did not even know this version of Mike existed. Yeah. I didn't know there was a wacky Wild West 
line. And that's just, that was, I guess this kicks us into our next, you know, topic is playmates. They were really into re-releasing those turtles. Yeah. But instead of re-releasing them with, you know, just regular figures, sure. They did re-release the turtles, you know, with different cards over the years, a few times, but they really wanted to do new sculpts to get collectors to rebuy them or get kids to rebuy them or get kids to collect all four of them, you know. And Wacky Wild West Bandito Mike, it, Bandito Bash and Mike is a perfect example of this. Yeah. What are some of the the weird ones that you, that, that really stand out to you? Uh, was it a Michael Jordan Donatello? <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was branded as Michael Jordan, but yeah, it was Donatello as a basketball player. I have well, him. I mean, and he came with a green basketball and you could like angle his hand just right and shoot hoops. Yep. Yeah. Um, in, but in that li- in that line, uh, Leonardo was a football player, and yeah. Raphael was a baseball player. Yeah, sewer what was it uh, sewer sports all stars. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Farmer Mike is is the one that always stands out to me. Oh wow! Like, yeah, you're really really out of ideas if you're just dressing them in different costumes. That's what that's what it comes down to is. Michelangelo is a farmer. Why not? Let's do it. Probably the weirdest profession, though, was like clown Michelangelo. He looked like uh, Homie the Clown from In Living Color. (laughs) I always thought that was – I was like, oh, sweet. They made a Homie the Clown figure. That's funny. Um, Um, But that was – that's by far not the weirdest. Oh, no. Oh, no. There was the the rock and roll – Ninja Turtles, which isn't that far. It's not that weird. But those figures were dope. They were so cool. Yeah, Michelangelo, no Punker Don. Yeah. Um, Heavy Metal Raph, Classic Rocker Leo, and Rappin' Mike. And that makes sense. Yeah. Like, mid-90s, Michelangelo was absolutely a rapper. Like He that... looks like Flava Flav with a giant... <laughs> clock around his neck. <laughs> uh, there were... Turntable belt on his, uh, like hovering above his crotch. Yep. Weird. Uh, there were there were cave turtles that came with uh, rideable dinosaurs. Yeah. Uh, and those are and, and like these are just the ones where they're wearing different costumes. Like there were there there were a whole bunch of other ones that were just the turtles. With like, I, I don't even mechanisms in them. I guess would be the the best way to do it to to describe yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, of course there was the, the 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 shell storage turtles where you could put all the weapons in the the, the shells. Which makes sense because I think I still have some of my accessories that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there there were the 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 the, the mutagen turtles where you could actually tuck the arms and legs into the, the, the shells and out pop regular turtle feet. I still have my Raphael. He's in really good shape. He's done at the arcade. <laughs> oh, cool. Yeah. Like there were just an, a seemingly endless number of variants that you could get. Yeah. I mean, they made like a warriors of the forgotten sewer, like Conan, the barbarian Leonardo with hair. Didn't- yeah, didn't those come with like uh, a little comic inside of them? 
It's quite possible. I think it did. I think it did. We'll do an episode on that that run. That's, <laughs> that'll, that's gonna be your new Twitter image is gonna be the Leonardo with the uh, with the real hair. The real oh god, that is so freaky. Doesn't make any sense. No, but it's great. I I I I love that weird stuff. Yeah, and 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 we're gonna talk to to, to Chris Fawcett later in the episode. And it, when I was actually reading Rad Plastic and uh like looking at some of the figures later in the run, I one didn't know they got so weird, and two did not know they ran for so long. Yeah, like. It ended up going till what 2000, not in 2000, till t- t- like 1997, 1998. Uh, it was 99. 99, 99. Yeah, it was right, right after uh, Next Mutation got canceled. Is when the the, the original line just kind of went dead. Yeah. But in those later runs, there were like Stretch Armstrong turtles. Yeah. Uh, there there were like Super Sentai Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that was – and what's so weird is like we got – we didn't get the show. Of course, they got it in Japan, but we got the figures over here, which was very reminiscent of – the same thing was done for Transformers. When they had shows continuing in, in Japan mm-hmm. and ours had ended, but we kept getting the toys. Yeah, it's so – so it, it was awkward. Look, looking through a lot of this stuff – in the book was was awkward to see because it, it seemed kind of desperate towards the end of the run. Yeah. You know, and I, I get it. You know, you're trying to capitalize on on what's popular. Yeah. Oh, the super mutant line. Super mutant line. What? Let's say what was I don't think that's what I think it is, but let's say well, there was two different kinds. There was the, the super mutants. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. No. Yep. The super mutant line is exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. And then there's another one where it's from the other OVA um, that they're all like armored samurai-looking warriors. Actually, I have questions about that. Yeah. Because there was was a run in the Archie book where the turtles were cyber samurai warriors, Mm. and they looked very similar to these action figures. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I think, I think these figures do what? Was it though? Yeah, it was part of the the, yeah the adventures run. Like in in the future in in the future, which I guess spoiler alert, they go to the future. They they acquire like samurai like like cyber samurai suits that fly. Huh. So I don't I don't know if these figures are based on the Japanese stuff or they're based on the, the the Archie series. I don't know. About 99% sure that it's the, the Japanese series. What year did that Japanese series come out? This, right now we're just doing research. I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. Let's see. That came out... Mutant Turtles Super Legend came out in 96. In 96. Wow. What? Um... Wow, that was produced by Subaraya Productions, who did Ultraman. That's pretty freaking cool. Okay, cool. That would explain why they look like freaking Ultraman. <laughs> a bit. 
Um, you said that was 1996. Yeah. Um, Mutant Turtles Superman Legend. TMNT Adventures number 62 was released in 94. So it predates that yeah. by a couple years. And legit, like these, let me... The second yeah. episode is based off the Metal Mutation line. That's what it was. Let me see if I can get you a good, a good large image of this. Metal Mutants. Yeah, that's it. Because I always really, really liked the design of these these uh samurai, like cyber samurai turtles. Oh, what? Did you get the the link that I sent? Yeah. 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 Like if you look at the figure, it looks just like that. So come on, load. And the cyber oh yeah the cyber samurai turtles came out in '94. So yeah, it was it was it was oh. a it was definitely Archie that it was based that, on. That's dope. Yeah. They differ. They differ in design a bit. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was it was very much a, a co-marketing thing. It's like, hey, you're gonna write those write those stories, right? We're gonna make us some action figures to go with it. I'd love to have these. I would absolutely love to have these. I can't imagine they're cheap. Oh yeah, Metal Mutant figures from '95. No. Yeah. They look really good though. Wait, Metal? I, I'm not looking at the Metal Mutant figures. Oh, you're not. No, I'm looking at the Cyber Samurai. Let me let me look at those. Metal Metal Mutants. Metal Mutants. Okay, I see them. Oh, are these actually metal? Well, metal plastic. Okay, so not so like what's it vacuumized or whatever it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, those are cool. Well, they're they're oh they're not as cool as the Cyber Samurai ones though. Yeah, I mean they're not directly from yeah. the OVA, but um, it's some it's some fun stuff. Yeah. So 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 yeah, like the the I I don't even know what I'm trying to say right now. Like I remember having all kinds of different variants of the turtles and and no wait and, I'm and, wrong. No, you're wrong. No, I'm wrong. That is the the Metal Mutant line is directly from the OVA. What year was the OVA released? The OVA, uh, because I just found this image, and it's literally the same image of Leonardo, 96. That's weird, because those figures came out well before that. Yeah. Those figures came out in 90... Nope, not 94. That was the Cyber Samurai. Uh, 95. Yeah, they came out in 95. So, okay, all right. All right, I'm sure there was some production over, uh, over uh, overlap there, so that makes sense. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of the Cyber Turtles... Uh, episode from the uh, Red Sky season. It's very possible. I like. I haven't watched the Red Sky stuff that much, so it's very possible that all of this stuff is based, like that all of it was developed at the same time. Um, I, uh, I, we, we literally could just go through this list of of figures for the rest of the evening and record a six hour podcast, yeah, discussing how cool stuff looks. Because that's do a part two. We could do well. We're gonna we're gonna do more episodes about action figures. That don't that, never fear. Especially since I haven't gotten my copy of Rad Plastic in the mail yet. That's true. That's true. It's it's coming. It's it'll be there. It'll be there soon. I'm a little sad. I'm not gonna lie because I wanted to you know 
have it, but you know, I blame our postal service. So, well, uh, part of the reason I wanted to, 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 to do this episode right now is one, we, Chris Fawcett's going to be on the, on the show, uh, when we're done talking here. And also all of this, this NECA excitement with, you know, all of the new releases and all of the, the hype around all the figures that they've been releasing. Like I, I have not been this excited about Ninja Turtles figures for quite some time. I'm going to share that sentiment, but I'm being selective about it. <laughs> okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting what I want. I'm trying to scale back my collecting, you know, um, just kind of going after the stuff that I just really, 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 really want. Yeah. Yeah. And because around 2003, when 2K3 came out, that really reignited my love of the Ninja Turtles. And that's back that and that's, you know, right when eBay started to become popular and, and accessible to, you know, the, the common man. And during that time, I picked up a bunch of on card figures. That's where I got that's where my on card collection came from. And. You know, I, I I have a detailed spreadsheet of what I own and what I still need, and you know what I'm looking for, and if I'm looking for stuff. Uh, but that's that's really when I got back into these specific figures, and it's one thing to look at figures, right, and say, okay, that's a cool designed figure. One thing that the Ninja Turtles line always had a knack for was the design of the the, the actual art on the card. Yeah. The, like it there was a the, you know you could tell it was a turtles card just by you know looking at it and even if even if it you know like if you were to photoshop the, the turtles logo off of it and and only go with the weird character on the card and the art you would be able to tell like there was an aesthetic to it that i don't recall being on or or being as good on other types of figures as a kid i'm going to i'm going to agree because, you know, that – well, the only other one that I can think of was G.I. Joe. Like, that art was, was, was pretty vibrant and kind of in-your-face. Yeah. Um, and it's the ones, you know – like, the Transformers one was kind of like just a, like a, you know, a red background with like a, you know, gray grid. And then you had the you – know, the art was good because that's what drew your eye to it. Um, and uh, – but nothing quite popped – like the turtle stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it told it cause some of it, some of it told a story. It really did. It, it really did. And, 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 and the way the, the, the background was drawn to just make it look like these characters cannot be contained by this packaging. Yeah. You know, it's just exploding out of the package. Uh, and we wrapped it in this bubble and sent it to the store. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, I know it's silly, but, it it gets it got your attention and and you know a lot of people collect on card stuff because oh it, it, it's valuable it, blah 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make money on this in the future like no I I the reason I collect stuff on card is because I like the aesthetic of what a toy looks like at retail yeah you know people put a lot of work into designing how it's packaged what colors it's gonna be what the logo is going to look like, what's on the back, you know, uh, the, the little cutout cards, you know, it's for you to collect the little bios for all, like all of that stuff was 
very carefully designed and packaged and 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 made in a way to catch the consumer's eye. Yeah. And once you remove it from the packaging, you lose that. Mm-hmm. You know, the, 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 the majesty of the, of, of the on card, I just bought this is gone. And so like all of these NECA things that I'm buying, they're not, they're not as eye popping or as, or as, or as well crafted as the, as the classic stuff, just because the, the, the art that they've gone with is questionable in places and they they have kind of a generic look to them across the board which kind of sucks mm. but there's st- there there still is an appeal to these figures are on display inside of this box yeah and th- th- i just get i just get feels when i look, when i look at that stuff so what about yeah. what about you i've talked a lot what what no, is your I I echo that sentiment. Like I definitely do. Like it was exciting to you know to see this packaging and it's like you know there so much love and detail and care was was put into this you know and that that was in the heyday of marketing. They knew how to market to people. Um, anything that was exciting or engaging, like okay, it looks like they're in the sewer and they're breaking out of the bricks, you know, and it's just it was it was exciting. Um, and you know, each, they had to get creative. They had to do something weird with these toys and it worked like, you know, like those, like the disguise turtles, you know, it wasn't just, you know, Don in trench coat. That's where, you know, sewer, uh, samurai Leo came from and the, the sewer surfing uh, Mike. And the one that I remember most vividly was uh, Space Cadet Space Cadet Raphael because he was in a spacesuit. But yeah, there was just something about you know the layouts and just how everything was done, and you know it, it was it, it was very creative. And that's kind of where you, you know we're getting back into that the reaction figures, and that that art is still just as good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like again, that's the bread and butter of that reaction figure to me. To me. Yeah, you know, again, when I, when I shop on Big Bad Toy Store and I'm looking at figures and those reaction figures come up, the first image is not the on card image, and I scrolled past those things like five dozen times before I actually clicked on one and saw, oh, those cards look great. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, we're definitely going to touch on uh, <clears throat> action figures again. There's there's so many action figures that it's it and and. Unfortunately, it's very much a a, a thing that you kind of have to see to appreciate. So yeah. I don't know if, if the next time we do this, it's going to be in an audio format or not. All of those decisions can be made at a later date. Just know that w- this isn't the only time we're going to talk about action figures. Definitely not the only time we're going to talk about the classic ones. Right. Uh, before before we kick to 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 our uh, our guest. Uh, what else do you want to cover when it comes to the classic uh, Phase One action figures? In in what sense? In just any like, sense? Just any? Just in any? Just of the, the what else you got to say? I guess is what I'm asking. It's something that really, for me, it kind of deepens a connection with my dad, and I remember, you know. Like having the toys, we'd gone to the video store, 
got some of the the VHS tapes for the cartoon. Um, came back, watched them, you know, and just always kind of that was a huge. Those toys were just a huge staple in this house, and um, it's a connection that is very very near and dear to my heart. And like you know, just going and just talking about them, you know, I, I don't think we will ever. And I think I m- might have mentioned this before. I don't think we'll ever see anything this huge again. Not when it comes to toys. You're you're absolutely right. Like there there will be things that are that big, but it's not going to be a you know a plastic toy that children buy. Yeah, it's it's not like your 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 base level going into a store and finding this stuff. I mean, it's all collectors now. Um so that I guess you could say it's getting big again, but not on the scale of, you know, thousands of figures, you know, <laughs> being made from like a clown to a, you know, a freaking, you know, caveman to Conan the Barbarian Turtle. You know, oh. although NECA, if you're listening, I want some weird <laughs> stuff. Just come on. Yeah. Yeah. Like like all of the, the modern day figures outside of the Playmate stuff that was done for like rise all the modern day figures are done for collectors they're not done for children yeah sure chill i'm sure some children do buy them and play with them but that's not who they're catering to uh like like super seven is going above and beyond and doing the original run but with more articulation and more you know it's it's on that serious level yeah yeah and um i mean i dig it because i gotta get that metalhead figure yeah I, I'm I'm going to say something, Jeff, to to close out this this segment, and it's going to upset you. Ooh, don't do that. And I don't mean it to. I don't mean it from that. a place of love. But We're having such a nice time. And no, it's no, it's know, not. It's not directed at you. I'm not. I, this isn't. This isn't me aiming this at you. But the sentiment of what I'm going to say is going to upset you at, at to to your core. Don't 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 poo poo. Just just. Uh, no no. This is me not poo pooing on anything. But. The closest thing <laughs> that we have today to the plastic toy, you know, boom of the late '80s, early '90s, is skins in games like Fortnite and Minecraft and Roblox, because you have your generic, you know, player characters. You have you know, the ones that, that, that you can unlock playing the game. But the really bizarre and neat, odd skins are those, you know, it's, here's $5, and now you can dress up like an Indian or a Native American chief. Uh, give us $5, and, and your your bazooka turns into a, a plunger gun. Like, that's what Fortnite has become. I didn't hurt. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. It doesn't it doesn't bug you as much as I thought it would. But but no, that like it, I mean, yeah, that it's has... annoying. It's it, it's annoying, you know. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's the new that that is the new thing. Yeah, and uh, an argument can be made that all of it's pointless. The action figures pointless. The 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 the, the skins in a video game completely pointless. But kids these days are going to have a, a nostalgia for a very different thing that they're going to value in the same way that we value these action figures. Yeah. And in my mind, that's fine. It's fine. It's not going to be as easy to track them down. <laughs> right. 
you know, of a Fortnite skin 25 years from now, how, how exactly do you recreate that? Or how do you, you can't buy that on eBay, can you? No. Yeah, uh, we're, we're, we're getting way off topic and I, I digress, but, but, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's the world we live in now and the world we came from. And I like them. I, I, I don't know where, I don't know where I'm going with this. So I'm going to just, I don't know. Up, but, but I really don't know. Yeah. With that said, Jeff, uh, we will be back to close out this episode after this next segment. This next segment segment we recorded uh, earlier today. Uh, we spoke with the the, the writer and turns out to be engineer uh, Chris Fawcett, and he's going to go into uh, the creation of the the book Rad Plastic. We we both have a uh, and and Jeff shows up towards the end of it. Uh, you you had a a previous engagement you had to get to. Yeah, but. We're, we we talk about the creation of the book, why the book is unique, uh, and why it's not just an encyclopedia, which is is a word we we drop a few times in, in the conversation. It's a fantastic book, a fantastic conversation. I, if you've stuck around long enough to this episode, I know this is a long one, and it's all it's long on purpose because we have a lot to say. And this this interview is fantastic. It will convince you to buy Rad Plastic. Please do. It will convince you. I promise you. And mind you, we are not sponsored by Rad Plastic. Like we, we're not taking any money to say this thing is good. It's good. And so, you can take that to the bank. <laughs> they're gonna laugh at you, but hey, take it to the bank. Uh, well, Jeff, we will we will be back after the interview. Enjoy. Cowabunga! Hey, Shellheads, uh, it's Sergio. Uh, before we get to the interview, I just want to uh, give a quick shout-out to Russell uh, over at the Tomes of Evil podcast. Uh, he had me and Jeff on uh, this week uh, for his episode 5, and we talked in-depth about Baxter Stockman. Uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Russell's a cool dude, and that show is really unique. So go check it out. Uh, it's on major podcast platforms, uh, or you can just Google tomes of evil uh you'll hear me and jeff and you'll hear russell and again baxter stockman was the main topic and while you're over there subscribe uh every episode is about a different comic book villain why didn't i think of that that's a really good idea for a podcast Uh, doesn't matter doesn't matter tomes of evil is cool go check it out you'll hear me and jeff and russell talk about baxter stockman and now back to the show Okay, uh, and now we're joined uh, by uh, the author of Rad Plastic. Uh, I know we promised this earlier in the episode, but hey, we're here now. Uh, we're here with Chris Fawcett. Uh, how is it going, Chris? Hey, how's it going? It's good here in uh, North Carolina. Um, good to be with you guys today. Fantastic. Uh, Jeff has stepped away. Uh, hopefully he will be able to join us for this for this segment of the show, but... Uh, Rad Plastic. Uh, it, it's it's a book that we've talked about a, f- a few times on the show now. Uh, when I got it, and then when when Jeff ordered it, and him, he, he, I don't I don't think his has come in quite yet. But w- once it came in, it, it it hit me that it is a it's a substantial product. Uh, when when I first saw the pictures, I guess it just didn't do it justice in how large and impressive of a book it is. Uh, tell us where where did the idea come from to put Rad, Pla- Rad Plastic together? Well, um, 
You know, there have been quite a few collecting books out there for different toy lines. The Star Wars line has tons and tons of them. And, uh, you know, there's there's a few others. And some of those are, are focused on just, you know, basically like an encyclopedia or a collector guide showing pictures of everything. Um, and then there's been some others that have sort of gone more into the behind the scenes and the creation process and things like that, which is really what interests me the most. And uh, back in 2017, I started just sort of uh, by a little bit of luck and some coincidence turned up a pretty decent amount of some of this kind of material about the, the pre-production process. And, you know, having read some of these other books on other lines, I soon thought that there's probably enough here for a book. And then I also got the idea, maybe I should just continue some research and try to find more things and, and really put this together into something a bit more substantial. You know, originally I was thinking 100, 200 pages, but the more research I did and the more people I found and the more people I talked to and the more items I found and the more photos I took, it became apparent very quickly that I could probably represent almost every single subline of the vintage series, which was, if you had asked me when I started, I would have thought there was no way because as you know, there are so many sublines and like 300 plus figures. And to for me to imagine that I could have found all this stuff I found, uh, you know, I, would, I never would have guessed. But um, as I continued to do research and found things, I it, the book scope continued to grow and grow until it uh, basically landed on what you see now in your hands. Yeah, it's it is it is a very impressive book. One thing that struck me is is just just like you said. When I think book about figures or book about a, you know, an era of figures, I think encyclopedia. And once I, you know, started digging into the to the to the, the actual contents of the book, it's obvious that that's not what the, what it is. In a lot of cases, uh, you, you don't even have images of the final product because that's not what the book is about. The, the, the book's not about cataloging, like cataloging everything. It's about the process. It's a it's 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 almost like a you're stepping into a a, a museum w- was was the first thing that hit me uh, was this is what I would expect to see in a turtles action figure museum and it it, it yeah that, that kind of mirror what you were going for yeah what what I've always the term I've always used is I've described it to people which I think they really don't get until they have the book in hand is that it's really an art book. You know, it's not a collector's guide. It's not an encyclopedia. It's not just telling you about the things that you could find out by, you know, perusing eBay and Facebook sites and, uh, you know, knowing what you remembered from your childhood. It's not that. It's about everything sort of behind the scenes. And it's really about the artistry involved from the designers and to the sculptors to painters to... Uh, package designers, everything in between uh, about the art that it takes to actually make a toy. And so I really I really kind of define it as an art book. And your museum analogy fits in well, right? Because lots of museums are art museums. So uh, <laughs> yes. that is definitely sort of what I was going for. And even, even to the sense of sometimes when you go to a museum, they'll be, especially when they have special exhibits, you'll pick up a book about the special exhibit and it'll be uh, similar to what what rad plastic is where it shows images of all the 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 whatever was on exhibit there and tells you a little bit about each one and so that's that's exactly kind of what i was going for really was an art book 
Yes. Yeah. And 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 you succeed in creating an art book. Uh, One thing I also noticed while reading uh, reading the book is for the most part uh, there all of the. uh, The samples and all the images that, that you have placed in the book are presented as is without much commentary. Sure, there's description like this is what this is from, you know, this figure from this era, but most of them are. Are presented without um, editorializing. Was that on purpose, or is it just just kind of your writing style? Um, well, it was really about. So I kind of knew that, you know, unlike maybe some other kind of art or art book, that the community of people that would be interested in this probably really wouldn't understand the background and the process involved. So they really wouldn't know exactly what they were looking at if I just filled a picture up or filled a book up with pictures. Right. So what I decided to do is if you look at especially chapter two, and the book's divided into five sections, kind of six sections. This The sixth one is not really labeled a section, but uh, if you look really at section two, I go through in great detail with a lot of text all the different types of processes involved in making a toy from design sketches to sculpting to packaging design to photography to um, you know packaging artwork to marketing etc so that chapter is really what i thought would be like a massive educational piece for the collectors and the fans of the turtles and toys in general even to really understand the whole process behind everything that I was going to show in the rest of the book. So I didn't want to just throw it out there and go, here's a bunch of art and people going, oh, well, that's cool. Why is that an, an unpainted bebop? I don't understand what that really even is. <laughs> so I went I went into a lot of text and a lot of detail at the front of the book, about the first 60 pages or so, to really give the reader an overview and an understanding of what they were going to see. And then from there, I wanted the art to mostly live for itself you know i wanted it to highlight be be the own highlight i don't need to give much commentary most of the the commentary i pointed out i point out was i literally just label what it is just so you're sure and then sometimes i'll point out interesting things that i saw that i noticed that especially things that show part of the process like the best example that comes to mind is the page on ray fillet where they have um you know a painted sample and the first issue of that figure had the color change feature when you dipped him in Mm -hmm. hot water and so in order to do the photography for that figure, they needed to basically have a half purple, half yellow and show them half dipped in water. Well, they didn't have the color changing paint. They just had a prototype they had made and literally painted by hand with just normal paint. So in order to complete that part of the photography process, they literally painted the top half of the torso purple and the bottom half yellow, or maybe I got that reversed. But and then the person doing the photography just had their hand model hold the figure at just the right level. So it looked like the water level was right where that line in the paint was. And I thought that's a really interesting part of the process to see, Oh, that's how they have to do that. And so on that page, like maybe there's a little more text there pointing out, here's something interesting about this figure and why it is this way. Um, So, but yeah, for the most part, I, in the, in the back two thirds of the book, I try to let, let the, the photos and the art speak for itself more than anything. I just wanted to make sure that the, the people reading it knew what they were looking at, which is what that first section is about. Yes, yes, and and I did. I learned a lot. Uh, it, it, one of the one of the most um, 
one one of the things that's, that stood out when it comes to what I learned about the process is uh, let me make sure I have the, the terminology right. The first shot of a mold. Yes. So I didn't obviously I'm coming into this as a complete layperson when it comes to uh, making toys, but understanding that what that was for and seeing the one shots for all of these or first shots of all the, 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 the figures was really cool. I, what I, what I really enjoyed was the one segment about, uh, the, was it, it was Rocksteady, where it was a first shot that had to have been done later because it was in the coloring of Casey Jones. Right. Yeah. That's another example where, like if I just uh, put the first shot out there and you know just said this is a first shot, the reader might not be aware of that. But with my insight from coming from the toy industry, I look at these things with maybe a little bit different eye. And I actually didn't notice that at first. Somebody else pointed out to me that, hey, those are Casey colors. And as soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that all falls into place now. I understand exactly the at least at least some kind of borders on the area this figure would have been made. It certainly wouldn't have been made in 1988 because there were no figures with those colors in 1988. So, you know, that led me with my knowledge of the toy process to go, okay, this is probably then, you know, an added capacity mold, which means basically our first mold isn't producing enough. We need to make another one. So let's make a second one. And then they ran that. So that first shot would have been later, like 1990 or something. So, yeah, I love those interesting stories to be able to look at a piece and sort of it's a little bit of archaeology, right? It's like, you know, you're digging stuff up out of the ground and you're you're brushing it all off and you're looking at it and you're gaining some kind of insight to its history just by looking at it and seeing what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's it's I was thinking the word archaeology as soon as you said it. That's that's funny. And 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 what you're doing is just using logic and time time frames and and plastics to be like this the only way this makes sense is if it was if it happened to fall off the production line this year and here's why. You know. So, so you had mentioned that you you come from the toy industry. Uh, what what does that look like? So well, I guess uh, that's well, not a really good question. But uh, <laughs> when you say that, what exactly what exactly does that mean? Um, so my whole family has been involved in the toy industry. Uh, um, basically, my dad and me and my brother. Um, my dad was uh, the first VP of engineering at the Little Tykes Company. Started back in the late seventies. Um, and had been in toys basically his whole his whole career and went off on his own. And we had a, a design firm, which is a family firm, and we did a lot of contract work for a variety of toy companies. But so that was kind of our our forte as a family. We were engineers and and engineering design uh, contractors. So you know I did work for Little Tykes a lot, a, a lot of um, uh, Fisher Price toys and i did a lot of playground sets for a variety of different companies like outdoor large playground sets you know with the sliding boards and did a lot of those in my career but um a company called step two which is like an offshoot of little tykes that you know makes these ride-on toys and things like that so i had done a lot of toys in my whole career so that's that's kind of my background kind of got out of that around 2003 uh, and i've done a couple just freelance projects since then but the whole first half of my career from like the mid 80s up and through uh, early 2000s was probably 75 percent toys. And, you know, we were a consulting firm, so we had other jobs, too, from other companies. But it was a lot of toys. <laughs> I, I hear in your voice, it's like I get to work with toys and you're like, it's a lot of toys. 
it was great. I loved it. I mean, I wish I could still work with toys. It's just the industry changed so much around about 2000 and uh, it just, it was, it wasn't what it used to be. And I decided to go a different direction. Uh, well, well, uh, I, I, I love that you've, 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 I, I guess you've tried, you're trying your hand as a writer. Uh, is, is this your first book or do you have other, other projects that, that kind of led up to rad plastic? Uh, yeah, well, I've, I've been a writer pretty much my whole life as well. That comes from my, my mom's side of the family. So my dad's the engineer and the toy guy. My mom is the writer. Uh, she, she literally has her PhD in literacy. So, you know, that tells you how much of a into writing she is and reading. And she, uh, imbued that love of reading and writing in me at an early age. So some of my, you know, my first things I've done a lot of, of magazine articles, uh, some for my professional life but then also i had some uh, a bunch of stuff related to toys um i was writing for toy shop magazine if you remember that from back in the day a couple other offshoots uh tops the trading card company had a magazine about star wars for a while i was writing for and then i did some articles for the star wars insider um and actually had a column in there for about six months a couple years back um, oh wow then they they changed it, I thought it was a great column. It was similar to this, but it was about Star Wars, but it was about looking at, you know, explaining the different different um, things about the engineering and the design behind toys and why they would be that way. And the, the, my favorite article from that, you can still go back and find it, I'm sure. I did an article about the, um, there was a line of Star Wars toys that were like talking and they had like these little stands and you put the figure on it and the figure would talk. And the technology in there, I did a whole bunch of research on, and it basically goes all the way back to, like, the government spying on Russia's em, uh, embassy in, like, the 60s. And, like, I tied this whole thing together from, like, 1960s Russian spy stuff all the way through to Star Wars toys in the 90s. And it, it was a really – I really love the article. It's – you know, it was, it was an interesting column. But then they, they changed editors or something or – and – when when disney bought them and they decided they wanted they didn't want to do stuff about history much anymore they wanted to focus on at least for merchandising stuff on you know new stuff which i get it's kind of a bit of an advertising play uh, to have that in your magazine I, and i was writing about you know toys from 30 years ago so uh yeah but it was fun for about six months i, I think i had six or seven articles in, in there it was called uh uh shoot now i'm drawing a blank on what what it was called the Je jedi toy box was the name of the of the column Oh, oh that's, so, that, that's but, a really good but, name. <laughs> yeah, but I'd never I'd never written a book before. I'd always kind of wanted to. Um, but uh, yeah, the, so my writing career has been mostly periodicals up until this point. Oh, well, well, good job on your your first book. <laughs> it's it's a stunner. Uh, as you you know have been describing, you know, basically where you come from, it it, it really strikes me that. You know, Ninja Turtles. You, you weren't really into it, and in, in the in the in the book, you actually say 2017 is kind of when it hits you, and you're like, hey, I want to look at these toys more. And that's only what four years ago, which is yeah, impressive, but because when the turtles bug hits you, it hits you hard, and it hit me a long time ago. I've you know been in into turtles for you know 25, 30 years at this point, but combine like the turtles bug with an engineering and writing background red plastic is like this that just kind of comes out like that that's just you know you imbue those three things together and suddenly a, a book pops out that's amazing so 
it's it was almost like it was bound to happen (laughs) yeah and the the fourth thing i'd add to that the other thing that i really learned a lot in my in both both from both sides really from the writing and the engineering side is it side is is just to have a pretty good eye for design aesthetics and, mm-hmm. you know that's so important in toys you know i i worked with industrial designers and if you don't know industrial designers are the ones that do like especially in toys they do mostly the aesthetics but they also might consider like play features and how they would work and things like that but so i had to work with a lot of industrial designers who were highly focused on the appearance and aesthetics of these things so as an engineer that's an interesting thing because a lot of engineering you know if i had gone into like automotive or something you know and be designing engines like the aesthetics don't matter that much like it's inside and you can't see it anyway um right. you know mechanical machines or things but toys is kind of the epitome especially 30 years ago when you know nowadays even a vacuum cleaner is like highly designed right but back 30 years ago <laughs> they were pretty still functional in appearance it's like as long as it functions we don't really care that much how it looks like and that design has changed but you know early in my career i was working with the toys and the design was all it was about so i had to be constantly these designers telling me no it's got to be like this why does it i'm like why like they this is why and understanding the design aesthetic so so when it came to doing the design of the book i'm not a designer like i could never have done this myself but my designer chance sanderson was fantastic and i always say it's like I, I couldn't tell you what I wanted, but I know when I saw it that that was, was what I wanted. And as he started working on it, and the, the, the best example is the cover. We were I had a couple different people, friends of mine, artistic types that were working on covered concepts and designs. And I was throwing some, you know, Photoshop crappy looking stuff together just to get an idea across. And then one day Chance goes, what about this? What if we did the front of the van and i don't remember if he told me at first or if he just did a sample and sent it to me but man the second i saw that i was like we are done you nailed it that is it i knew we didn't have to go any further right it was like it was it's almost like uh it was existing out there in the universe and i knew it was out there and all i had to do was find it and once it was found i'm like yeah of course that's it that's what it always was that's always what it should have been there's no question like it just you, you know and so i think you know that's the other part of it just um you know having a good design eye from from my history in my professional career you know i think really helped to, to make the book really look really nice on the inside and you know i knew i wanted it to have a turtley feel right i wanted it to the turtles are bright colors especially the old the old playmates line it's bright colors it's vivid it's like in your face I didn't want anything muted. You know, I wanted it to be right out there and like you open it and it's just like this rainbow in front of you. So um, but with both the, the actual photos, but then also the design elements like, you know, you'll see the 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 year markers on the corner of the page are all colored. And if you look at the side of the book closed, you can see all those colors and go right to a year because they're they're all there. So all that that color and the you know, the the, the text and the little bubbles. And all the vibrant colors there was was really intentional. Yeah, and and I, I noticed that last night when I was flipping through it, I, I said, "Oh, you can tell the sections without even opening the book. That's that like that's book design. But that's yeah, this, exactly. This isn't just a dude who likes turtles writing a book. This this is a book book, which it doesn't yeah. it doesn't sound like a thing, but it's it, it's a book book." And and I've seen a lot of fan projects or a lot of uh you know Kickstarter projects or just just stuff that it's clearly not I hate to use the phrase up to snuff but it is people passionate about a topic 
putting the best work that they're able to do into that topic. And while right. the you get mixed results when that's the case. Right. This, yeah. This project, Not everybody has the, the experience yeah. to be able to do that. Yeah. Th- this 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 project clearly comes from a place of passion. It comes from a place of knowing about toys and how they're made and understanding the processes and 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 step a step b step three step seven and boom here's bebop you know like you know that but on top of that it looks like a real book and feels like a real book and reads like a real book and 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 a lot of times that is the hard thing to do so yeah that last that last 10 percent of the uh the 10 percent of the like the the intangible that you can't really put your finger on but there it is when you see it yeah exactly yeah, i really appreciate exactly. the compliments there thank you uh the the last thing i I've, i i don't want to just rain compliments on you but one thing i want to, to say about the book that impressed me uh in ways that other media has have have failed me when it comes to talking about the ninja turtles uh toy line is <clears throat> you gave attention to everything so you know, if if you're watching a, like a like a sh- episode of a show or 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 a quick documentary or reading a book about the Ninja Turtles toy line, typically what you're going to get is 75% the first two or three years, and then the other, you know, however many years it was, was it like eight years or, yeah, it was like 11, 11 years. Yeah, yeah. So so so. Yeah. So so like the back portion, like the back. 70% of the of the toy line just kind of gets brushed over. It's like, oh yeah, then they wore costumes. Blah, 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 blah. You know, it, it, there was a lot of passion put into showing off the weird oddities later in the run. Yeah, I definitely wanted to be comprehensive and, you know, it, it honestly bugs me a little. There's like three sublines I have nothing on and it really kind of bugs me. It's like the sewer tubes, the coil force, and the talking turtles. There's nothing in the book on any of those three lines. Like, there's not even the subheading. Now, you know, with any subline, obviously they're missing some figures. Like, I don't have this. The skateboarding Mike is not in there anywhere because I didn't really find anything to show for him. You know, but I have the other figures that were in that year in that in that line. But yeah, I definitely. You know, the more I found, and that was kind of came about because I was finding so much. You know, in, in my research, and. Uh, as I kept finding more, I'm like, oh, man, I got to have this. And like, oh, I'm missing the sumos. Oh, my gosh, here's the sumo thing I just found. Great. I've got one page for the sumos now. You know, and it's like I was really striving hard to find at least a, at least one page or one image for every single subline. And I fell a couple short, uh, but I've, <laughs> I'm not really that upset about it because I, I am shocked I was able to just come up only missing three sublines out of that 10-year span and all the sublines. So. Yeah, I'm really happy with with the fact that it is comprehensive because there's a lot of fans for all those lines and different ones. And some people like the Metal Mutants and some people love Jim Lee and some people only like, you know, the early year stuff. And, you know, so there's sort of everybody will have something in here that is like, that's my favorite. And that's my favorite section of the book because those are my favorite toys. And look, they're represented. So, okay, so so there's a lot of images of, you know, of figures and a, a lot of, you know, scans of of uh, of artwork. Like, 
what what's the process of getting all of that? Do 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 they send you the the, the figures and you take the pictures, or do you send a, a photographer to them, or do they already have the the pictures available? Like, what's that process like? So the I would say probably ninety to ninety five percent of the photography in that book of uh, is photography that me or someone on my crew did. Probably me, mostly me or Matt George did quite did some of the photography as well. I would say 80% of it is me on a camera. Um, (laughs) So I did a lot of traveling for the book. Went, you know, all over the country, um, New Jersey, Ohio, LA, a lot. I went probably flew to LA four or five, six times because that's where Playmates was headquartered in the US. And so a lot of the activity and the people involved were around there. And so I'd go and I'd haul my light box all over the place and take photos, you know, um, a lot of the stuff that was scanned were, you know, things that just people could scan and email me or things that I would be able to borrow, take home and scan them and send them back. Or people would mail me um, things. So the stuff that that sort of isn't original photography from me or my crew is like there's some there's some Toy Fair catalog scans in there from the, the Playmates catalogs. There's some photography from the original photographers who did packaging photography. And those are all all clearly labeled and as their uh, photographs in the book. And then there's also a whole bunch of um, period photography. Uh, I call it file photography, which would be photographs taken back in the 80s and 90s of these various things that, uh, you know, some of the marketing people had kept in some file folders. And, you know, they're just some of them were even old fashioned Polaroids. And I was able to, to get all those and scan them all. I've got you know, for every for every one of those in the book, I've probably got five or six more of the same toy from a different angle. So you you know you might see the the uh, the um, you know one of the mutating the one that turns from a bike to a to a helicopter that toy, and I've got maybe two pictures in there, but I probably have six other pictures from all different angles and all different uh, configurations of that. So I had tons and tons of file photography to to pull from as well. So. Um, yeah, but it was, it was a lot of my own, my own photograph and actually having these things in hand and being able to see them and, you know, take the shots, how I wanted to pose them and everything. Yes. Yes. That's fantastic. Uh, we have great news. Uh, we are joined by the one and only Jeff Hubbard. Hello. (laughs) Hey, Jeff. Hey, how's it going? Good. Uh, Good. So, Uh, so, uh, well, well, Jeff, we've, we've covered a lot so far. And I know that you don't have a, a, a copy of the book in front of you, uh, but do you have any questions that you want to bounce off Chris? But I guess before we, you know, before we, we hop out of here. Yeah. Figures that didn't get made. How many were there? I know the, well, this- the metalhead turtle van one was probably my biggest disappointment that didn't get made. Because <laughs> if metalhead's my favorite. That's my favorite. Yeah, it kind of depends here. on. It kind of depends on how you count. I kind of count the unproduced figures under the idea that if it didn't go to 3D, I kind of wouldn't count it as an unproduced because there were so many sketches, and that's one thing I couldn't fit in the book. I've got so many sketches of things that they just discarded be, before it ever went to three dimensions. You know, concept designs for all kinds of characters, you know, a wolf mutant, an owl mutant, you know, just dozens and dozens of them. So I kind of wouldn't count those as unproduced because I view that more as like sort of concept development. And they're going, OK, here's 
here's 30 images. We need three toys. Which ones are we going to pick? So if you limit it to that and say, oh, let's let's only talk about the ones that went to some kind of 3D sculpt or or a a mock up or a prototype. And let's not let's not worry about vehicles or um, things like that. It's somewhere right around 30. I haven't done an exact count, but it's it's somewhere right around 30. Gosh. And then there's a few. Then there's a few other things like the retro mutagen rifle, which is freaking amazing. Which I wish I could find that prototype because I would love this to play with that thing. You know, like you said, there was the 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 uh, the transforming um, party van uh, that turned into metalhead that wasn't made. You know, the, a, a couple different playsets that weren't made. A movie three and a movie two playset that were never made. Uh, there's a the soda soda can racer there's uh the windsurfer i'm talking just vehicles now off the top of my head so there's you know in addition to like the 30 or so figures there's all these other toys and accessories that weren't made as well it's it's it's, it's funny that, that you talk about play sets that weren't made there, there was one that really stood out in, in in towards the beginning of the book uh that i'm assuming would have come up in the show at some point where there was this godlike face character in a wall kind of like zordon yeah yeah that was a really that was before the first year line came out yeah so that was yeah. a really early concept that they were just they were just trying to flesh out ideas for you know what's the rest of the line we got four turtles we got splinter we got shredder and a foot soldier and we need a couple more figures and we need a play set and you know we sort of need to revamp this story for the cartoon a little bit what does that look like and they were just tinkering with a bunch of different ideas at that point they were at one point, they were thinking that all the bad guys would be humans and all the good guys would be the mutant animals. And that, that would be a clear um, delineation between the two. Uh, the villains would always be humans, but they went away from that, obviously, pretty quick because you know, Bebop and Roxgeddy are, are in that first year line. So, yeah. But yeah, they were just kicking around a bunch of different ideas uh, at that point in time to figure out how do we take it from this comic book that's a little bit adult oriented, a little bit satire and turn it into something that will really get the kids attention. I really can't wait till you get this book in the mail, Jeff, because there, there's there's a whole <laughs> he he found a page that just describes like almost like a like a like a like an inner office memo between artists and, and designers that describes the inside of of uh, Mutagen Man. Oh, wow. Yeah. And and just the essence of the character. It's fascinating to see it all, you know, 30 years later. Yeah. Yeah. I love some of that old paperwork. I I. I have a some more that I had found that wasn't able to get in there, but that page was particularly fascinating. So I definitely had to get that one in. Well, uh, so uh, another question that I have: um, Will there be a rad plastic two? Is there enough to make a second book? Uh, well, probably not enough to do another four hundred pager like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I would say two possibilities. Number one, I could see putting out like an addendums kind of book mm-hmm. where I just said, look, here's here's another book with 100 pages of additional stuff that, you know, newly discovered things or stuff that didn't fit in the first book. That's a possibility. I, I'm kind of leaning away from that and going maybe, you know, maybe that would be better suited for a website just to sort of update things. Uh, but the other idea I have, um, which we'll see how the everything goes with the first one. Um, is I mentioned earlier that I've got probably a couple hundred pages of of early concept art. Not early. I don't mean early as in 1988. I mean concept art that was stuff that just never went anywhere. 
you know, various, all kinds of various uh, things as mutated animal figures. And I think it, it, most of it's black and white. So I think it would be cool to maybe try to get some of the original artists to, to like color it in. Like, so the, the, you know, the art's original, but maybe the colors are modern. But I just think it'd look nice in, a, in an aesthetic and maybe to do a couple hundred page book featuring the artist, giving maybe some bios of the artists and, um, you know, showing all that, uh, all that work that they did and those unproduced concepts. That would be cool. That would be yeah. cool. Well, Chris, I, I know that I know that it was it, it was initially printed as, as you know, a kind of a limited run, I, as I understand. Uh, is is Rad Plastic available and how would one procure a copy? Yeah, so I, I've actually only got like less than 200 copies left. And so if you want one, uh, I would suggest going to get it soon. Um, and you can get it at radplastic.com. There's a link there. U.S., it's pretty easy. Just hit it in PayPal account, and it'll link right up. International, I have to actually do um, quotes on that because the shipping is sort of crazy, um, unfortunately, because as soon as you get over four pounds, international shipping rates just sort of skyrocket, and the book is over five pounds. And I didn't want to shortchange the, what my vision was for the book, unfortunately, just to make the international shipping cheaper. So that was a tough choice I had to make, but I wanted the book to be what I wanted it to be. So, um, yeah, so you can go there and get it. Um, you know, you can also find me on on uh, Instagram, Chris.Fawcett. I'm posting up some some interesting, like, close-up shots of some things, like some sort of more artsy photography, you know, uh, of some pieces just for fun. Um, and then uh, you can find me on Facebook, too, and get a hold of me there if you want to ask any questions or anything. But, yeah, I'm, I'm almost out. I'm, I, I'm pretty sure there will probably be another printing, but it won't be until the fall. So if you want it anytime soon, better uh, order one soon, or I'll be out probably through, you know, September, October, November, maybe there'll be some more available. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it, this is really the exclamation point on uh, this episode because we can talk about toys all day, uh, but to get someone who has put the work in to study the process of making them and the production of them uh as 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 much as you you have and 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 to have you on the show with such a product as rad plastic that uh is a love letter to that process uh it thank you so much like this this has been great yeah thanks for having me on i always i always like talking about this stuff it's always fun extravaganza <laughs> this has been an extravaganza, hasn't it, Jeff? It has. Possibly, this might end up being the longest episode. Depends on how long, how much editing I do to it. But yeah. who knows? Yeah. Uh, last time we 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 recorded, I lied. Uh, I said that we were going to talk about IDW. We did not. And anyone tuning in, expecting to hear IDW, I. I do apologize. We will get to that very soon. Uh, it will not be next episode. Next episode, since we are trying to get all of the Rise episodes watched prior to the release of the movie this summer, we're going to be covering another chunk of Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hey-o. So tune in next time for that. Yeah. So, Jeff... Between between now and next time we record, what will you be doing? As always, Sergio, you can find me at the Warp Zone Arcade, Brandon, Mississippi's premier arcade. Uh, we specialize in 
all types of games from retro to modern eras. Um, Neo Geo is one of our specialities with King of Fighters, Metal Slug, Windjammers, uh, probably the, one of the best classic sports games ever made. Um, we also do birthday parties and tournaments and more. Um, and you can check us out on Facebook, uh, sometimes on Instagram. I need to do better with that. Um, but please give us a follow on Facebook. Um, and where can we find you, Sergio? I'm on realitybreached.com uh, and all of the Reality Breached uh, social media platforms, which I guess, I think, what do we have? We have Twitter, we have Facebook, so you can find us there sometimes. Uh, most importantly, though, you can find our podcasts on all major podcasting platforms. If you can find it wherever you found Shellheads, you can absolutely find Reality Breached. You can find Debriefing and Cocktails. You can find the Black Pocket Podcast. Uh, if you're in the local Jackson area and you want to hear some podcasting about some of the local stuff here, we've got the local Spotlight feed that you can find on uh, it, all of the podcast platforms. That's what we do. We podcast. Uh, and with a bunch of stuff coming up soon. We, we've, we've got a WandaVision episode coming uh, next week. We're probably going to podcast about the, the Snyder cut uh, and, and, and that debacle. Uh, we're probably going to podcast about uh, Black Widow when it comes out. So we have a, a bunch of episodes lined up in the next few months that if you like nerdy stuff, you'll probably enjoy. Well, Jeff, this has been quite an adventure, or as you would say, an extravaganza! Uh, take us out of here so we can get some sleep. Once again, everybody, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate your support and, uh, we, we just, we, we thank you for listening and, um, tune in next time. I'm Jeff. I'm Sergio. And And we're showheads! Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.